Welcome to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris the Martial Arts Podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by Storm Chiaro, which is literally smashing the window above me <laughs> with a tree. Um, so if you can hear any loud bangs or other weird noises going on, that's the wind blowing a tree against the the, the roof of my studio. But anyway, back to podcast stuff. So this week I'm going to be talking about a subject which as I don't want to say it's caused divide within the industry, but it's caused a lot of people to chat and a lot of opinions have been thrown around. So this week's topic is going to be that of GCSE P activities and martial arts, because those of you that have either come up through the martial arts um, as a youngster and maybe have done um, your sort of physical assessments within your PE uh, for GCSE or A level as martial arts, or whether you're an instructor like myself who has assessed students um, through this format in the past, um, many of you will be aware that it has been in more recent years removed from the list for various different reasons. I think are the, the, the primary issues that I'm going to go into. But before I do that, I, what I do want to point out. This is the one I make this extremely clear because sometimes I found in this world we need to do this so that people don't make false assumptions. I am not in any way against the national curriculum, the Department of Education, whoever you want to quote on this one. I am not against GCSEs, A levels, all that stuff, and martial arts. Okay. I think getting martial arts back onto the list would be fantastic. But I think realistically, at the moment, it's just not going to happen for a myriad of reasons that I'm going to go into in the next however long it takes me to go through this. Now, what I would say is if you're more of a casual martial artist, if you're a, 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 somebody that's training and you've got no interest in GCSEs, martial arts and all that stuff, you might want to just use the skip button and skip to my chat with Matt Chapman that is going to be coming up later on. You see how I did that little segue there, little segue there. Getting good at this podcast stuff now. But no, um, joking aside, I I do understand that this is going to be one that's not going to be for all the listeners out there. But personally, I think one of the ways that we we help to solve these issues is by discussing them. Um, On that subject, what I would also like to just get over and done with, cleared up now, is that, you know, when I when I set set this out, when I sort of announced on Facebook, (laughs) now that I've got it back, um, that. I was going to be discussing this subject. I actually had, quite disappointingly, I had some private messages from an instructor um, that suggested that I was in some way against the idea of um, the national curriculum reinstating martial arts as a as a curriculum um, matter. And yeah, I found that a little bit disappointing, if I'm honest, because you know, us taking accountability for our own shortcomings and discussing them isn't negative, it's taking responsibility, and that's all part of getting over these issues that have come up. So, um, for the first time ever, really, I've made a lot of notes. I actually posted some photos of it on my social media, and I've got them in front of you now. So, if at any time 
during this recording, I go quiet for a second or two. It's because I'm reading my notes, because there's so much stuff that I want to fit in, and I don't want to miss anything out. Um, now, as I've just said, as I've just highlighted, um, you know, I personally, I think that um, part of getting ourselves out of this issue as an industry is taking responsibility and discussing the issues, not not getting all shouty. Now, at the moment, when I say getting all shouty, that's maybe a little bit over the top. But at the minute, there is a petition that's bouncing around Facebook calling for martial arts to be reinstated as a, an activity on the list that the kids can choose for, for their physical elements of their uh, GCSE, or which I'm really having a hard time saying today for some reason. GCSE, there we go. Uh, GCSE, P and A-level P, sort of physical sections. Now, the problem with that is that, you know, obviously martial arts has already been removed as an activity that people can choose. And the Department of Education have put together a list, which I'm actually going to go through in a minute, um, explaining the reasons for, or, or sort of alluding to the reasons for why they've taken martial arts away and why that in its current state, our industry is not in any way prepared to offer a solution. So putting a petition out at the minute is is pretty much futile. I know other people have done it in previous years to, to quite a significant level. And it, there's nothing's happened because, like I say, I know this might be a pretty crude way of putting it, but we're getting all shouty about it with no solution. It's just not going to make a difference. You know, it'd be, it'd be a, little, a little like taking your car along to a garage and then them saying, oh, well, unfortunately, you've, you've, you know, you've got a blown engine, so you're not going to be able to take it away until we repair the engine, you know. Um, and then you're getting a petition together and getting 7,000 people to sign it demanding that you're able to drive your car away that day. Well, your engine's blown. You you can get all the signatures you want on your petition, but your engine's blown. You can't drive your car. Oh, but we want to drive our car. But you can't drive your car. You've not fixed the engine. And I think that's kind of where we're at with this, you know. I I want martial arts reinstated on that list. Absolutely, I do. But I think amassing a, a big list of people stamping their feet about it isn't really going to make any difference. What we want to be doing is looking internally at the industry ourselves, looking for the fixes that we can make, providing those lists of fixes that we are able to make, which we're a long way off, let's be honest. Then we start petitioning or then we start approaching people. I think banging feet and shouting and getting the placards out now, it's just wasted energy and it's getting hopes up from people. And, it, and, it's, and it's, I, I'm sad to say, I, I don't think it's really going to make any difference. Now, what I've got in front of me here, I've already printed it off, the official Department for Education, GCSEP activity list. Um, now, this was actually published back in 2015. So it's going back a few years now. Uh, but this is back when martial arts was removed. Now, there's a massive list. Just I'll, I'll just pick some off at random. So we've got football, you've got lacrosse, netball, you've got tennis, rugby league, rugby union, a whole host of different um, activities on there. But the one thing that they've all got in common, and this is a really important thing here, they've all got some level of parity. They've all got governing bodies overlooking them as a whole. And at the minute, martial arts, well, what? how fragmented is the martial arts industry? You've got your taekwondo schools, and then you've got 
25,000 different versions of Taekwondo have been taught. You know, forgetting for a minute the WT and the, the ITF, within those groups, you've got different people doing different things. You know, um, and it is, you can't, we can't just simply pick up martial arts as a, as a collective like name for everything and, and drop it on this activity list because if they're going to start putting together curriculum for the kids to follow and for the uh, for the, the teachers to look at and for the instructors to go through how are we going to do that how, how when you've got somebody doing bjj you've got somebody doing um taekwondo you've got somebody doing judo you've got somebody doing capoeira you've got somebody doing tai chi you've got somebody doing made, made up can fudo you know People rocking up in sports halls, buying a belt from Sports Direct and making up a syllabus. That's not to say that I think creating systems is bad, but it creates an issue with this because, well, if we keep having new systems being created, then how do they then fall into this criteria? But I digress a little bit. I need to I need to wind myself in a little bit. I need to stick to the stick to the topic, the list of activities. Right. So I've highlighted some some sections of this. Um, listen to me. It's like all newsreadery, all the rustling papers in the background. Okay. So I've uh, I've highlighted a bit here. The inclusion or non-inclusion of an activity is start again. The <laughs> this is going to happen. So bear with me. I'm going to leave all the mistakes in. The inclusion or non-inclusion of an activity in the proposed list does not represent a view on the legitimacy or value of the activity. So I, I, I point this out because there's been some people, and I use this phrase again, there's been some people getting quite shouty about it, that it's disrespectful and rude and martial arts is great for people. And, and yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And you know, the Department for Education are, are, are not admitting to it, but they're, they're highlighting it there. But the fact is, our industry is a mess. It's an absolute mess of lit you know oh, anyway anyway the list has been revised to reflect off quals principles that non-exam assessment should ensure sound assessment practice be manageable and ensure a qualification is not easily distorted so just to cut into that there okay so you've got fred down the road at the community center who gives black belts out in one and a half years for two crappy punches and a, and a, and a wafty sidekick and then at the opposite end, you've got, um, and, and, and this is a good thing, don't get me wrong, the, the, that previous one was bad and this is a good thing. You've got a BJJ school where you, you've got students training for decades before they get a black belt. How, how can any of those be comparable in any way, shape or form? How can a PE teacher choose between those? How can they do it? How can, it's impossible, isn't it? So when you see that there, ensure a qualification is not easily distorted. The martial arts distortion goes on a lot. Um, to meet these principles, awarding organisations developed a set of key considerations which were applied to each activity in order to ensure parity and rigour. These requirements are considered collectively rather than in isolation for each activity. So, it, it, you know, it's a no-brainer, really. And the next section, the range and demand of skills and techniques in each activity. This considers whether the activity meets off-quals that's a really awkward word, isn't it? Off quals non-examined assessment or NEA rationale. And if the skills needed to perform each included activity have comparable levels of difficulty, this aims to ensure that activities are comparably rigorous and there is parity of assessment across practical activities. Okay, so you've got schools that will give kids a belt every six weeks because mum or dad's 
payment cleared. And then you've got other schools that will, I mean, again, I'm not trying to big my own school up here because that's, you know, not what this is about at all. But, you know, I got students seventh graded for years because they're just not ready, you know. And how how is that in, on any level of parity? You know, and it's just not there, is it? It's just not there. So this is another thing that, you know, as an industry, we need to look at and we need to take charge of. Right, let's just flick the page over Okay, so the level of performance can be realistically assessed by PE practitioners, teachers and moderators. Now, just on that, before I read some of the bits in there, I actually saw a comment from an instructor on social media. I can't remember who it was. Not that I would name them anyway, but they said something along the lines of, um, well, it's the teacher's job to make sure that the martial arts school is legitimate and that the instructor knows what they're doing or words to that effect. Well, really, that's our job. And when I say our, I mean the industry, collectively. We need to start take resp taking responsibility for our own instructors, for the people that are practicing within our industry, before we start going pointing fingers at the education system and making silly comments like, well, it's the job of the teacher to make sure that the instructor and school are of good quality no it's not it really really isn't you know if if a student comes into the school and says oh I, I want to do football as part of my assessment and the teacher goes oh which club are you playing playing with or you training with and they go oh so and so fc and they go oh great that's great it's done job's done now that doesn't mean that all clubs are going to be at the same level that's not the case obviously but i guarantee you that they're part of a government organization that's looking out to make sure they've got simple things like a dbs check done that they've got child protection in place that they've got all these different required qualifications there whereas at the minute in our industry we just don't have that we just don't have that and so why why should it be for a pe teacher to go hunting for all this stuff on our website it really, really isn't. That's our responsibility as an industry to collectively come together and sort that crap out, get it sorted. Anyway, I'm going off on a different su subject again. It's because I've not been doing these podcasts for a while. I've got all this all this built up. It's like a therapy session. Right. So I was saying uh, the level of performance can be realistically assessed by PE practitioners, teachers and moderators. So there's quite a big bit of this, so bear with me. This considers whether activities can be accurately and robustly so I like that, accurately and robustly, assessed by practitioners. Previously, the range of activities placed an unrealistic expectation on the breadth of knowledge needed from teachers and moderators, which I just said, you know. And the proposed list has been reduced considerably from the previous offers with the view that PE practitioners should be able to recognise the key skills, fluency of movement, etc. in the activities proposed. The awarding organisations have removed activities that are so specialist or niche that specific expertise in that activity is required in order to assess them. For example, martial arts. And that's not me adding that in. That is what the Department of Education have added in themselves. They've put that in. For example, martial arts. In a number of activities used in the previous specifications, experience suggested that teachers and moderators were often unfamiliar and at times uncomfortable, uncomfortable sorry, with the assessment of them, relying too heavily on outside expertise to inform assessment decisions, which in turn challenged standardisation and moderation processes. So herein lies the issue. 
You've got Billy that does karate. You've got Timmy that does taekwondo. You've got Sarah that does Thai boxing. You've got Paul that does BJJ. You've got Dave that does made up can do. That's just, I'm going to, that actually you should copyright that. But you see what I'm saying? And they're all picking martial arts in little air quotes there from the list. How does PE teacher Dave, how does he assess all of those different people within the title of martial arts? Now, if Tracy comes to him and says, hey, PE teacher Dave, I'm doing football. That's, he's assessing football. If Billy comes and says, I'm doing tennis, it's tennis. Pretty simple. Now, are there going to be different levels of expertise from tennis club to tennis club? Yep, absolutely. But essentially, anyone you go to, you're going to be practicing tennis. The same for football, the same for rugby, the same for snooker, the same for swimming, the same for whatever it is. There's a governing body in place which is making sure that they're all working to the same syllabus or content. And there's always going to be some diversity in it. There's always going to be some sort of regional differences, shall we say. But they're all working to, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. With martial arts, that is not happening. Even within the same styles, that's not happening. So, how do we fix that? Well, how do we potentially fix that? One of the things, one of the things that I personally think, and again, I'm not an expert, I'm just some bloke from Doncaster that's been doing martial arts for 30 years that has a bit of an idea, okay? I'll just put that out there before anybody starts making any stupid claims on Facebook. Um, an idea that I have to get on top of this is if you take, um, let's say, some of your more, and again, I'm not style bashing or picking favourites here, okay? I'm just going from my experience of what tends to be the norm. You've got a kickboxing school, you've got a taekwondo school, regardless of which system of taekwondo. You've got a karate school, again, regardless of which system. Maybe even a Thai boxing school, or even an even an MMA school. Okay, they've, they've got so stand. Let's say stand up, kick and punch system. If we can all come together and develop a GCSE curriculum sheet, standardised GCSE curriculum sheet. Now, the reality of it is, is if we take a let's say a front kick, we might you might call it a snap kick, you might call it a you might whatever you want to call it it's a front kick okay if we can all create a standardized gcse technique list utilizing very similar techniques without getting into the intricacies of biomechanical movement and stuff but there are techniques in karate in taekwondo in kickboxing even in muay thai in in, in stand-up elements of mma that are the same fundamentally give you know differences here and there but if we can create a list that we all understand yes we are going to teach them differently PE teachers aren't really going to be concerned about that what they're concerned about is if they ask to see a sidekick regardless of whether it's a taekwondo sidekick a karate sidekick a kickboxing sidekick whatever they see a sidekick if we can create a standardized syllabus or collection of movements that's recognised as the GCSE um, stand-up martial arts curriculum, shall we say, um, then we're halfway there. We're, we're getting somewhere like close. Okay, so 
you know, then there would be room to have a, a subject listing of martial arts. Now, you're going to say, what about judo? What about jujitsu? What about this? Okay, well, maybe then there would be a need for a, say, a grappling section or maybe even for, for certain arts to just go under their own heading, like rugby union and rugby league. You know, maybe need a judo one and a BJJ one. Absolutely. And, and I guess to a certain degree, it would be for those individual uh, representatives for those individual arts to, to chase that. But I think initially, if we can if we can take sort of taekwondo, karate, kickboxing, the stand-up system, fighting systems, and, and create a standardized GCSE PE list of techniques that we can read and look at it and go, well, it might say reverse turning kick, but I teach that as a spin hook kick. But I know what that is. Yeah, or a, or a, some people call it a turning back kick instead of a spin back kick, or you know what? What regardless of terminology, if we can create a list that we all understand, we know what it is. We know we know there are little differences, but for the sake of the kid getting the qualification, it really, really doesn't matter. We need that's what I, I think that is going to be a major step towards getting this sorted. Okay. Now, another thing, another area. I've made a, made a few notes on this one. Is there some something that I think that we need to get on top of? This is a, a, a sort of a more broader issue, I suppose, than just the whole GCC side of things. But my school and myself as an instructor, um, I, I'm not going to get into naming um, associations because I don't want to make this a sort of a political thing. Um, but we'll call it a kite mark. An accreditation, um, yeah, accreditation, I guess. Um, I put my school through one of those back in 2017 uh, because I wanted to see where, I, I just wanted to see where we were with things. Now, it was a voluntary thing that we did. And I'm just going to list off some of the things that they checked. The first thing, all instructors are black belts. We had to provide um, proof of, of where the black belt certificates were issued, who issued them, when, traceable all that um, instructor qualifications now this obviously this is a bit of a tricky one um, but essentially they were looking for proof that there was a structured structured training program in place for the instructors and which we provided them with with you know the the uh, instructor certification program that we run within my school it doesn't make them a certified instructor anywhere else than in my school but it just goes to show that i'm doing my best to make sure that I am taking responsibility for how my instructors are working within my school, um, we had to prove we had to provide um, a list of our syllabus, and it lists here structured syllabus reviewed and accepted. So basically, they looked over um, our uh, syllabus to make sure that it was progressive, that there was a clear route through, that it was nothing hidden in there, and they weren't suddenly dropping need for expensive kit on parents, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so they, they signed off our syllabus to say that they were happy with how it worked. Then we come to the club management system, uh, section, sorry, which is the interesting bit here. Sorry, that's my phone in the background. I've only been doing this podcast for two years and I've still got to go to that. Turn your phone off. Anyway, um, constitution reviewed and accepted. Um, so they basically went through, um, I'm just going from memory here, uh, basically, um, 
what our school is about, our ethos. You know, and you can go to the websites and see that sort of thing as well. Do we have an equal opportunities policy in place? Do we have a safeguarding policy in use? Do we use a student database, obviously for um, important storing important information, obviously that we're working to a GDPR regulation, all that sort of stuff. Um, that we've got indemnity insurance in place and that it's up to date. That DBS checks have been done and they're being done at regular intervals. That we have a clear pricing structure in place. Um, and then we've got a first aid certificate in place and up to date. Now, this is just one version. And as far as I can remember, that they're running by the Sport England um, requirements for this. This is just one version of it. It's not to say that it's the best or the only one. There are other schools out there, or sorry, other associations or governing bodies or what do they call themselves now, supporting groups out there that offer things like this. But I think really what we need to do as an industry is there are, look, without, again, I can't name schools or anything like that. Well, I can, but I quite like living in a house and having a car and all that sort of stuff. But we all know those schools out there, those instructors and students, that you know they're just not bothering with any of that stuff. They're, they're just, they've set up and they're, they're, just, they're just teaching made up stuff that's just dangerous that it's, 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 it's there's no there's no real skill level or progression in there um and that's not i'm just to stress i'm not trying to come across or sound like elitist or anything but we you know what i'm saying there are just those bad schools with poor standards out there if the schools out there that consider themselves to be practicing i i'm look i don't for a second assume that my school is of a good a great standard what I assume is that I'm putting everything into it to try and do it the best that I can do it. And part of that is going through these accreditation uh, processes. And I think that if everybody can start doing that, what it's going to do is start putting pressure on the, the schools with the lower standards that aren't bothering with this sort of stuff to do it. It doesn't suddenly become a legal requirement. But if it becomes the norm and if we all adopt it and we all start doing it, it's going to start pushing these other schools into doing it. How does this tie in? Well, it comes back into this whole issue with there being no sort of governance within martial arts as a whole. We're just left to do what we what we want. We had last year, it was shared around Facebook. We had the chap that choked out one of his students you know, and it mentioned in the news report on that that he had no qualifications and no no real experience. That that sort whilst that sort of stuff's going on and being pushed out in the press, it's going to make it impossible for the government, for the Department for Education, for anyone, for schools even to look at us. Because why would they want to? Why would they want to put themselves in that position of having to clear up the mess when something goes wrong? So if we can start taking charge as an industry of our own individual need to be um, vetted, then collectively we're all going to look better. And it's going to make these schools the lower standards that really don't care. They just they just don't care. It's going to push them into caring. They're going to have to do it because everybody else is doing it. And it's the, the norm. It's what we assume should be going on. And I'm just, just going through some of my notes I made here. Um, and I did, one thing I did write on this page here, so I said, by no means do I feel that I'm doing everything perfect in my school. Of course not. We're, we're always going through a constant um, assessment process, you know, speaking to people and finding out the latest stuff. We need to we need to make that we need to make that a, a, a priority really for the industry. Right, I'm just going through here now. 
And now I've talked about that. Oh, I made a star next to self-grading in these instructors that just one day wake up and decide that they're a fifth down and just whack out a grade. And that sort of stuff we need to we need to stamp out as well. Thankfully, social media is making it a little bit harder for those people. Um, I've talked about obviously the the the, the, the thoughts about um, as creating a, a standardised syllabus and how. I think that that would be a good start point. I honestly do, and it's not going to solve the problem for all arts out there. But it 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 it's a start. It's a foot in the door. Uh, and I've just put here, you know, football is football, tennis is tennis, martial arts, martial arts is question mark. What is it? Um, you know, if we try to incorporate every art, it's just totally, totally unmanageable. So, um, oh, right, yeah, an important part of the whole podcast thing is comments that you guys have sent in now what i do want to say at this point is mags the awesome mags very supportively sent in a very 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 in-depth long recording which i just can't work into this show for some incredibly boring technical reasons but let's just say his points were incredibly valid he, he spoke about in in depth about how he you know he played a part in um getting a position set up previously and the issues that he had with that. And I know he is incredibly supportive of it, but share some of the views that I do with the problems that we have. I've taken a, a printout of some of the comments that people made on some of the threads when we were discussing this. Um, now, Peter Jones says, um, I had a student do jujitsu for GCSEPE, but the techniques he was asked to perform were for 3K karate. We did it, but I was left feeling that the syllabus writers didn't have a clue. It may be because the because of the diversity of martial arts, but then you wouldn't ex, you wouldn't have a hockey instructor write syllabus for football, even though they were both a ball sport, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, which is why I think, again, coming back to what I was saying before, the onus is on us as an industry to draw up a syllabus and present it, not wait for some people that don't really have a background in, to write the, the syllabus. If we can be proactive and do it ourselves show that we we are willing to compromise and that we want to get this done rather than just getting shouty and throwing out petitions because it's it's just not going to fix anything then i think we're you know that that would be a, as i say a positive start i mean if there's anybody out there listening to this now that are, are keen to get this off the ground and again i'm by no means an expert you know i'm i'm just a guy as i said the guy from doncaster talking about martial arts for too long on the internet but I'm happy to get involved and help if, if, if I can. Absolutely. Um, or maybe you just want me to go away and shut up. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Ryan Green says, interestingly, Taekwondo was added to the GCC curriculum around about the time when he was taking his exams. Um, I was denied to use it as my core sport because the teacher wasn't able to mark my work. A few years later, my own students approached him asking, I'm getting this in the model because I'm using him and me. Anyway, this is all the same person. Uh, a few years later, my own students approached me asking for help with their coursework, which I was then asked to mark and grade. I'm not sure that teaching it necessarily qualifies me to score it based upon the sports science, etc., which is my assumption of the approach of the education board. Coincidentally, when I looked into their syllabus, most of it wasn't necessarily relevant to WT Kukuron. It was more ITF based. But using the fact that WT as an Olympic sport the education board couldn't even get their own syllabus correct. To my knowledge, Taekwondo has since been removed from GCC sport, but I may be wrong. Well, no, you are right, because it's just all it has. Which, again, this is all nicely coming full circle to what I've been saying about is trying to create a standardised syllabus that is less 
less style specific and more sort of generalized towards martial arts. No, that's wrong because that's 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 just going to cause issues if you phrase it like that. I get, I guess that the that at the heart of it, that's what it is. It, it's sort of generalized, but it can be presented in such a way that makes it relevant to the art in question. If that makes sense. All right, because psychic's a psychic, a roundhouse kick or a turning kick or whatever you want to call it, it's the same kick. Right, uh, is this, the last, this is the last one. I think you're going to have to make it the last one. It's the longest single subject podcast I've ever done. All right, um, Steve King. I like how he starts this one. He says, big banana skin. <laughs> the problem is and was the lack of clarity and unification in the arts to be able to give quality and assessment to meet the education board requirements. With so many associations in all the arts and a lack of a verifiable syllabus and qualified people to assess it, it's impossible to set a national standard. That's why it was removed. There are so many variations of kickboxing, karate, taekwondo, etc. You can't put it under the banner of martial arts as there's too many variables. It's not a simple task. Yep. Spot on, absolutely spot on. But what I will say, when he finishes there, you can't put it under the banner of martial arts and there are too many variables. No, you can't, at the heart of it, even if you want to look at it at a pure system-by-system basis, but there are, there is crossover in technique to a point across all of those that you mentioned, kickboxing, karate, and taekwondo. There are techniques that cross over there are subtle differences in that us as instructors and even the students will know. But for the purposes of ticking some boxes, not that I'm trying to belittle it, but on this basic level, to tick some boxes for the GCSE requirements, we can create a standardised syllabus across those arts. Absolutely we can. If we can just get out of our own way and out of our own egos, chuck them out the window and just accept that we can call it a jab or a cross. We don't have to use a Japanese term for it or a Korean term for it. We can call it a jab or we can call it a cross. We can call it a sidekick. It doesn't have to have a Japanese or a Korean name. We can call it a round kick. And we know that it's a turning kick in our system, but we'll call it a round kick for the purposes of the GCC requirements. You see, it can be done. We just need to sort of get out of our own way. We could even, Tying it in nicely to our uh, match chat here, <laughs> we could even create a video syllabus to go along with it that we can have ready to present to the instructors to say, these are the techniques. By all means, tweak them to suit your syllabus. But this is what, when we when the GCC list says, oh, we'd like to see a, a spin back kick, this is what it looks like. You might call it a turning side kick. It's listed as a spin back kick on the syllabus. So just for the purposes of getting your student through the GCSE requirements, this is a spin back kick. And then go back to calling it a turning side kick. You see? So it, it is doable. Absolutely is doable. Um, but yes, that's been 33 minutes of me chatting, <laughs> ranting about GCSEs and martial arts. Now, going back to what I said at the very outset, I am all for getting this sorted. But... I think we are a long, 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 long way off that. And honestly, I think petitioning at this point is a complete and utter waste of time. And if anything, I'm sorry to say it, I think it, it all it does really is highlight how far we are from fixing this and being ready for this. Because, you know, as I said before, using the whole analogy or story of the, the car in the garage, if you present a car with a blown engine, you could present 
as many positions as you like from as many people in the world demanding to drive that car away. You're not going to drive that car away until that engine gets repaired. And right now, the engine in the martial arts system is very blown and it needs a lot of repair work doing on it. So on that, we're going to segue. We're going to move straight into our chat with Matt. We've not spoken to Matt for ages. In fact, I actually, in real life, not in the whole podcasting thing, I haven't spoken to Matt for a while, so it's going to be nice to catch up with him. So we're going to jump straight into our chat with Mittmaster Matthew Chapman, and I will speak to you after that. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. All right, guys, so joining us on this blustery Wednesday, it's Wednesday, I think, Wednesday afternoon, <laughs> for the first time in what seems like a, a decade, um, Mr. Matthew Chapman. Hello, 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 everyone. Oh, oh, thank you. Round of applause for me. That's a rare one. How are you doing? <laughs> That's a rare one. <laughs> for a podcast, anyway. Well, do people usually flick V's at you or something like no, I, get the, that I get the applause at the seminars, but uh, very, very rarely on the online and the podcast. So I'm quite happy with that. You can do that every week if you want. Do it for you every week, dude. Every week. Mm-hmm. Um, how, are you, how are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you, mate. I'm good. I'm doing a lot of uh, seminars and workshops. I got stuck on a train for about 10 hours during our attempt at a storm you know i think like you look at the tornadoes in america you know and how they rip up <laughs> entire communities and decimate it and then we've got a bit of a bit of a strong wind and the whole rail network shut down and uh, it took me 10 hours to get 100 miles so yeah disastrous that was not good you could have literally but, walked that in that time oh man it's just it's it was shocking and then of course all the trains were mega packed so it was sitting on the floor time which is fair enough but it, it, it just does my head in like we can't seem to cope with any sort of slight change in the weather you know strong breezes and snow of an inch or more just sends us into chaos well, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to bet you leveraged that time really well though and you did something productive with that 10 hours well on the, on the, the first the first three hours i was fuming and just being angry and then i thought <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm wasting my time We're like what what so then yeah i sat down and started doing some video editing and some social media and made good of the other seven hours but it wasn't the most fun time but there you go all good oh dear yeah no Anyway, in, 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 in more positive news. Yes. <laughs> yeah, getting depressed now. Yeah, go on. How, how, how's your, your kickboxing class going? Well, very exciting. Uh, it's not going anywhere currently. <laughs> so, In more positive news. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what it's turned into is like a, a sort of private training session for the school that I'm at so that the instructors can get some training in it as well, uh-huh. along with my uh, wife and a few friends. So it's basically like a private workshop. They, you know, there's, they haven't really advertised it a lot and get, got it out there. So their instructors are training. My missus is training along with a few friends. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to be back teaching. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do long term in terms of building it up. But that's not really my responsibility. I'm just kind of turning up and teaching the class. But it's, uh, it's nice to be back just teaching week on week and building people up, you know, and, and seeing them progress. That's quite rewarding. Yeah, I bet. It's the, the, nice, the nice side of teaching, isn't it? It's the, the teaching bit without yes. the crap that goes without with it the, the admin the problems the moaning the issues the stress the responsibilities yeah it's brilliant so you know yeah, I, might do yeah. a bit more I had i had one of those ones last night big time you know it's just every now and again you get one of those nights 
yes. and where everything stacks up against you. Yeah, yes. I had one of those nights. And, oh, uh, mate. Yeah. Bad work. Yeah. Did yeah. you get straight on the scotch when you got home, or were you all right? Yeah. After, after I'd sort of sat in my office in silence with the door shut and the lights off for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> Deep breathing. Breathing to myself. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, you know, when you you have everything that can happen, happens, you know. Oh, yeah. Dodgeball into a light fitting. Yeah. Parent, parent on the mats telling off the kids. Yeah. You know, oh, the whole shebang. And it was on, <laughs> it coincided with the one night where I was a staff member down because they were ill. Oh, yes, that's perfect. So I'm on my own and I'm like, oh, great. Got yeah. Jimmy's dad on the mats kicking off at Jimmy in front of all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> now, that I don't miss. But I do miss the interaction and the the social aspect and the and the fun that can be had. But yeah, the actual logistics, yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? Really. Yeah. Anyway, could be worse. So uh, I could be stuck on a train. Um, yeah. So, true. So this week I've been. It's been quite a deep, meaningful, um, quite sensible episode by my standards. Oh dear, really. oh dear, oh dear. I know, indeed. We've been talking about the um, current situation uh, for martial arts in the UK anyway, with regards to the education system. So all of our American friends right now are totally bored. They're like, <laughs> what are you talking about? So yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe we could keep in theme with that because we've been, obviously we've been talking about the, impo- well, I was talking about the importance of um, instructors uh, taking care of their own development with regards yes. to training and, and and picking up new skills and, and obviously taking in knowledge and I, and I know we all like to use well most of us do we like to use that excuse of oh but I don't have time but obviously now in today's modern age of online training yeah see how I tied yeah. in there um very good very good yeah. subtle yeah. subtle um anyway yeah I figured it'd be nice to maybe chat about what are the possibilities out there? What you know? What ways are there for instructors to keep that learning process going and constant development? Yeah, is it something it's that a, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the whole problem with martial arts is styles, isn't it? Mm-hmm. As in, it's just so many different styles. I don't know actually how many styles of martial arts there are, but obviously there's new ones being invented yeah. all the uh, times. <laughs> that would make a good T-shirt. That. The problem with martial arts is styles. Styles, yeah. <laughs> so standardization, as in, you know, in football, there's only one play, way of playing football and the standardization around the globe, yeah. right, on, on football. Um, but with martial arts, you know, jiu-jitsu is totally different than karate and capoeira is totally different yeah. from Wing Chun. So it's to, to standardize like martial arts teaching is pos- impossible, really, isn't it? I suppose the one well, there are there are elements of it that could be standardised. Obviously, good practices, you know, yes. uh, yeah. keeping on top of like I was saying, keeping on top of things like uh, child protection, yeah. um, uh, learning from that side. Because as an as an instructor, I feel comfortable in my abilities to teach the knowledge that I have. Yeah, but I think it's very very easy for not careful to sort of fall back on that and just or not not take up an attitude of well, I know everything. But mm. be open, keep being open-minded to, okay, well, there's constant developments going on, obviously, with things like child protection and, 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 and people understanding more about how kids learn. And I think we have that responsibility to make sure that we keep up with that, not Absolutely. just memorizing yeah. the names of 15 Korean patterns. Uh, exactly. And, and, so, and I think one of the per- per- persons who's really leading that is Melody Schumann. 
yes. she's really, really in on understanding the full psychology of teaching and the physiology of teaching children. And uh, her her stuff is amazing on that. So um, she's definitely leading the pack on that. But even if you're not teaching children, I think you really need to start as instructors, don't we? you need to start getting trained in actually how to coach like yes. understanding motivation, understanding the different learning styles and how people like to learn in different ways, all the NLP stuff, which I think would be useful for coaches to understand. Um, it's, it's a massive, massive area which we could really update our skills in. I know a, a friend of mine has rug, uh, teaches or coaches rugby, and he's constantly going on courses um, to do with like how to coach better, how to deliver material better, lesson planning, structuring, you know, building a team, communication styles, roles. Like he's constantly updating his training in just being a better coach. But Absolutely. we haven't got that in martial arts, I don't think. No, and it's, you know, uh, something that I've certainly noticed is as well, you know, uh, obviously apart from the um the importance of being up to date from from a legality point of view and from keeping yourself safe in that respect mm. also i you know i've not well i have modified how i teach now but it's very it's very easy for you know a, an instructor to go oh i've got 80 students and then 6 years later they've got 10 and they're going Jeez. oh you see this on facebook a lot and they go Oh, nobody wants to learn like this anymore. And it's like, well, no, dude, they don't. That's why you've only got six students. That's right. Society's changing. The way people are learning is changing, constantly evolving. So we kind of have to, we have to go with that. Now, it doesn't mean you have to sell out before anybody gets on that whole bandwagon, but you can, there's nothing wrong with modifying the, the sort of psychological approach of how you teach stuff to suit the way people learn now because absolutely the kids that have gone through school that i taught as 10 when i first started out you know they're having kids now <laughs> so yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so kids, exactly but you know they're those kids are now learning in a totally different way to their parents as in a yes. totally different way to their parents so yes we, we, like, we got to keep like up with that we do. And like you mentioned, the online thing is now a massive thing. We didn't have access to online training and learning when we were starting our martial arts, did we? We had Bruce Lee movies and going going to the school to train with your instructor. Yeah. And even yeah. then, your instructor didn't do private lessons. I, I never had a private lesson when I first started out. It, was, it wasn't done, was it? You just trained. Absolutely. And I mean, and from the sort of the outside qualifications side of things. Well, I remember you could go and do courses at college in the evenings if you wanted to, but that's when you went training. So it was yeah. like, ah, oh, I need to go and spar. I haven't got time to learn coaching. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'll do that true. when I'm older. Where is yeah, that? Yeah, and then never do yet. Exactly. Whereas now, the other, the other day, I was, trying to, I was trying to fathom the intricacies that is YouTube. Um, and my goodness, what a deep, dark hole that place is. <laughs> um, but I wanted to learn about YouTube, so I went on Google, and I s- typed in online courses, YouTube, bam, found one. It was like 40 quid or something. Yeah. And I sat and did it. And, yeah, now, exactly. I know what, and now I know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. so it, 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 there's no excuse really anymore. It's, as you say, it's, it's there and it's accessible, and people need to be making more use of it, I think, anyway. Uh, well, I think it's right. It's just the... Uh... Uh, ongoing development as us as coaches leaders and, and martial artists isn't it we need to be constantly updating our skills um of course what happens is i don't know what age you kind of put your feet dig your heels in and go i'm not learning any anymore but it does seem to 
definitely happen uh, the older you get, doesn't it? I don't know yeah. many 20-year-old martial artists are like, right, that's it. I've learned everything I'm going to learn. I'm going to teach the way I'm going to teach, and that's the way it's going to be. On you can like, like it or leave it, right? But I, I, I hear that a lot in sort of 50, 60-year-old martial artists when I speak to them. Um, some are really open-minded and still growing. Like my instructor, Bob Breen, is 70. He's constantly learning, constantly updating his skills, you know, getting with the latest social media and doing all of that at 70. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily goes that way. But there is a, uh, I think there's a different correlation with age and people just just get a bit yeah. set in their ways, don't they? And they become yeah. a bit fearful of of, of change and, and um, where they fit in that. So I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Yeah. But it's a martial arts thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. we're, we're taught not to, we don't give off the emotion or the, the, the vibe of we don't know what we're doing. We've got to be authoritative. We've got to yeah. look yeah. confident. And then somebody comes up to you and says, um, we're doing this child protection course. And you're kind of like, I don't understand that. Yeah, um, so I'm not going to do it. I'm yeah. out of my comfort zone. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah. this, I don't, so it, it, I think there's a certain element of that. And I think as well, like you we were saying about there's a certain age, I think, the you know when you're sort of 18 19 20 sort of maybe through sort of like 23 24 you're still in that learning phase of you know your brain you're still you're still yeah. engaged in learning and so learning new things is it's just part of what you do and then you drop out of that cycle of learning and you get into day-to-day nine to five or whatever your hours are yeah you stop switch that bit of your brain sort of goes right i don't do this anymore i don't do this sitting down learning lark anymore i'm yeah know, and, and and i think it's very hard for some people to switch that back on again yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's called plasticity of the brain. Like the kids have it, their 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 brains are flexible and can make new connections and new ideas, and doesn't cause them stress. But I think like the older you get, the more you're like, mm, you get set, don't you? Your your brain becomes set, and your body, as in physically, becomes tighter and stiffer and more fixed, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, so it's yeah, the same definitely. Thing. <laughs> so more stretching, more yoga, and more. Uh, online courses but i think really as a you have a responsibility as an instructor to develop yourself as best you can as a coach Mm. especially you know if you're dealing with young kids and you know and the uh range of behavioral issues that issues that they are now back in our day adhd was a naughty kid right yeah yeah sit in the corner you naughty kid so Luckily, things have changed and people have actually learned that these are legitimate things. But you've got to learn about these things if you're going to be a, a coach now and how best to handle it and how best to uh, speak to the parents and work out a solution. So, yeah, think times are changing and we have to kind of change with the times if you want to stay current. Now, if you don't and you want 10 students and you just kick the crap out of each other in your dojo once a week and then go to the pub, then that's fine as well, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think um, if that's what you want from your school, then that's fine. You know, everyone's different, aren't they? I mean, some people, I mean, there are some days where I would quite like to have just 10 students and do sparring and then go home, but <laughs> then I wouldn't that's have a house. You find out you shut down your entire school. I wouldn't have a house or a car or I wouldn't, actually wouldn't have anything. Um, so um, I probably actually wouldn't even afford to have the building to teach the 10 people that want to teach anyway so you know but like i say some people that's what they want that's fine um but even then i think even then i think whether you have the responsibility of teaching one person or a thousand people you still need to take that responsibility for what it is and and you know you still need to you still need to be up to date on what you're doing with that one person 
or yeah, whatever, true. thousand people. I think it's yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. Actually, you're still yeah. dealing cool. with another person, aren't you? I mean, it's no, I'm not not that I'm going against what you're saying. I, I know where you're coming from when you say yeah. about the whole teaching ten people mentality. Yeah, you 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 come at it in a different way. You totally totally do, and um, you attract those people that come at it in, in that way. But when you, especially when you work in a bigger school, you're going to come across so many different people. Yes, uh, which is not my strong point. <laughs> but you're willing to learn. That's the whole oh, yes. point, isn't it? I've got, I've got good. I've got good. I've got the two versions of me. You see, I've got the the grumpy ass me outside the school, <laughs> the real you, and I've got the less grumpy ass me <laughs> in the gym. Yes. No, I, I'm just. I just got good at um, playing the CBB's character. That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but that's interesting, though. Does that feel like, like, does that not feel good? Do you do you feel bad about that? afterwards uh, no, no no because no because when i'm when i'm teaching the class and i and you know and i've had a we all have difficulties in our lives and yeah. there are some days where i really 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 don't want to be there yeah, yeah. this is just honest and any instructor out there will be able to empathize and understand this and i don't yeah. want to be there but yeah. i've got 14 four-year-olds who yeah. worship the ground that i walk on yeah yeah and they're sat there waiting for a class. Now I can go into that class and I can be a grumpy ass for half an hour with them. Yes. And that might be the one moment of excitement and joy that they get through the week. Because we don't know what's going on in these kids' lives, bless them. True, and, true. And, and so I put the CBeebies face on. And right. I do it for half an hour. Right. And inside, it's not killing me. I'm not going to get overly dramatic. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting the smile on and I'm putting all the, come on kids, let's, yeah, let's do it. And yeah. they're loving it. And then after yeah. half an hour, I can stop doing it. Yeah, yeah, fair days. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I, you know, I got good at doing that. Um, um, and it, yeah. Do you think you'll ever get to the point where you won't be able to do that anymore? Or yes, yeah, absolutely. Right. When you get to sixty and become a grumpy, probably grumpy next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shut down your school. Ten students, sparring no, no, no. in pub. You know, look, to be honest, um, it, it, you know, it's already, it's already happening. But right. that's why I'm delegating more and more now, as we spoke about. Yeah. Uh, Whenever it was last year or the year before, however long it was, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm delegating more now, so I'm not putting as much pressure on myself to teach all the kids' classes. Mm. So that the ones that I do teach, I am enthusiastic about, or at least I seem enthusiastic about it. No, but I yeah. am 99 of the time. I am. I'm talking about those rare occasions where, yeah, when you're not up to it, want to be there. Yeah, but you won't. You're only as good as your last class. So on those days, you can switch it on. You know, it could be anything. You know, you could have had a raging argument with your wife before you turn up. You yeah, you got to switch over. it, don't you? Yeah, something's yeah. happened that's really thrown you out, but you've got to sort of shovel that back of your head. Yes, when you see BBC face, BBC are going to sue me. The amount of time it's <laughs> too many mentions. I'm Change not it. saying that CBBS presents <laughs> fake. But. Out there, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They're all into all sorts, aren't they, outside in real life? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, so. yeah, they can be very <laughs> naughty. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's, it's, you play the role, you play the character that you need to play, and then on you go, you know. it's um, Yes. And very much like but you know, said previously that you prefer teaching kids to adults, or did I get that wrong? Um, I, uh, oh, it nah, depends on what the class is. Right. Um, I, I do generally speaking prefer teaching kids to adults now unless i'm teaching a workshop with adults yeah and then um i really really enjoy teaching those those classes um yeah yeah same here it's it's, it's difficult it's not that i'm saying i don't like teaching adults i just prefer teaching kids 
All right, that's cool. If, if that makes sense, it's not that I, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, like like if you were to put out a Mars bar in front of me or a Snickers, I'd prefer the Mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> I would also eat the Snickers. Absolutely, I would, and I would probably eat it straight after. But I'd eat the Mars bar first. <laughs> <laughs> we need to add have a debate next week about Mars bars versus Snickers because that was wrong. Is it? Yeah, fater. But we'll, we'll talk about that next week. Eat Snickers with like the top bit first and then the middle N- bit. N- nibble it apart, yeah, deconstruct it. Yeah. Do you do that? Yeah, fater. You absolute. There's something wrong. Wrong Yeah, wrong Yeah. Yeah, you are a wrong You are a wrong um, But um, interestingly, um, uh, on the topic of what we've been talking, I am actually going to be talking with an association that's just been set up recently that are, this is a really cool thing. Normally, with an association or a governing, what do they call them? National governing body or national supporting body. Yeah. Um, you join it and then you're in a mates club. And yeah. that's it. You put a certificate on your wall. But what they've actually developed as part of their um, membership um, is you do an online course as well in, in instructing. So they go through um, ah. sta- standardized it all. And now I don't know much about it yet, truth be told, but they're, they're going to be, you know, setting me up with some access to what they do. And then we're going to be having a chat on, on the whole podcast about it. When's so, that uh, next week? Uh, hopefully. Oh, wicked. Cool. Looking forward to that. So there's a little scoop. Anyway, I'll let you get back to your, Busy, busy schedule. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm going to cook some sausages. So I'm not that busy. But on that subject, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Thank you for your time, as always. And um, Thank you, mate. other meaty sustenance is also available. And we'll catch up next time. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Kick back with Chris on iTunes today. Thanks, Matt, for your uh, chat today. That was. Uh, a bit of an interesting one, really. We went off on a bit of a tangent, but um, the feedback we get from listeners on, on that section of the episode is always favourable, um, even on the more random ones like that, where we sort of digress and uh, go off on a bit of a random chat. But thank you, Matt. It was really good and um, some, some good advice there, I think, for the instructors and martial artists out there. Um, you'll have heard me speaking to Matt then about um, some guests that we're going to be having on the show in the coming weeks. Now, I'm being a bit cagey as to saying who they are because until I've got it confirmed 100%, I don't want to set myself up for a fail. Um, but it is a really interesting looking association that's, well, it looks like it's recently formed. They may correct me, it might not be recent, but they're doing some interesting things that, you know, hopefully going to shake up the, for the for the for good reasons, the, the UK martial arts scene. Um, so I'm looking forward to having them on. Now, in a few other little random bits uh, that I've spotted on the internet, um, a re- one caught my eye from a friend from a long time ago, a director uh, producer by the name of Ross Boyask. Now, back in 2000 and silly, what was it, 2002 maybe? Um, I worked on a, well I won't say a little film because it was massive, there were a amount of people that were involved with it, but yeah I worked on this film called Left 4 Dead, it was one of the first feature films that I ever got the opportunity to work on, and my goodness was it a crazy one, absolutely crazy one, it was literally an excuse for people to fight on a constant basis for about two hours, um, absolutely crazy, um, kind of like a kind of like a who's who of UK martial arts um in fact European martial arts so there's people came over from all over to be involved with it but um I remember it was really exciting times because there wasn't really much in the way of martial arts movies going on in the UK and along came Ross with his idea and we were everybody jumped at it and it was really really cool but anyway the reason I bring it up is a website called screenrant screenrants.com if I can say it 
put a list together of 10 high-octane British action movies to watch if you like The Gentleman, which is a Guy Ritchie film. Um, I'm not going to go through all the other films, uh, but let's just say, I'm going to scroll down. Who's this here sat at number two? Left for Dead is sat at number two. And it says, I'm going to quote the website here, Left for Dead is like the British version of The Raid. (laughs) Well, we'll take that. Um, just like in the iconic Indonesian film, most of the actors in Left 4 Dead were unknown martial artists. Well, I mean, come on. We weren't unknown in martial arts. We might have been unknown to general public, but um, I know what they mean. We're unknown martial artists with no acting experience. Yeah, I, I had no acting experience. And boy, did they do a good job. We'll take that. We'll take that. The action keeps coming even when you've had your fill, but you won't mind. The synopsis... Kincaid, a British crime lord, is as ruthless as gangster can be. When one of his henchmen, called Williams, tries to quit his organisation, Kincaid has him attacked and left to die. Or left for dead. Left to die works too. Um, Seeking revenge, Williams teams up with a skilled kickboxer who who also has... Start that again. Williams teams up with a skilled kickboxer who also had his hands hammered by Kincaid. That's a really hard sentence to say. Together, they go on a rampage. Um, so yeah, go check it out. I believe you can still pick it up on Amazon. I might be wrong on that, um, but it's, it's 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 absolutely bonkers little film. Well, I mean, what you've got to keep in mind as well, it's sort of best part of twenty years old. My goodness, but yeah, it is it, it's a cracking film. Film. Don't don't expect anything on the level of the raid. Um, you know, just to set level there. But it is it's it's just good fun. It's just a you know, martial arts scrap fest, um, and um, just really cool to see it get that mention on that website. As I say, it's one of the first first films I ever had the, the opportunity to work on, and and Ross himself, as a director and a producer and um, a filmmaker in general, has gone on to do all sorts of cool stuff, including recently Vengeance, and I believe uh, Vengeance Two is about to come out now. Um, so go check that one out. And um, also, I'm just going to pull up my messenger because uh, David Price, who's uh, one of our listeners for a while now, um, he sent me over a link to something that he's got going on. Um, he's got he's created a group called Mental Health for Martial Arts, um, and it's a cool. It's actually a cool little group uh, uh, where you can go on and you can share your thoughts and feelings and. Um, not something that we usually do as martial artists. I mean, is we tend to internalize everything, but. You know, if you're out there, you're listening, and perhaps you're going through a little bit of a tough time, and you're not quite sure how to to connect or verbalize it, or you know, this website's a private group, so it's locked off, so you you can't have anybody just go in and look in. Um, if you want to go and check it out, I'll actually link it in the description notes, um, so you can go to see it there. But yeah, it's a cool little idea, and, and and fair play to David for for setting it up. And uh, if it's something that you think might be able to help you or somebody else, go check out the link. So, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Bit of a, um, I won't say, not contentious, it's been a different one. Um, I know some of you out there are probably going to be listening to it, not all you know, necessarily agreeing with everything that I said, but it's not what it's about, really. I didn't start the podcast to make everybody like me for everything that I say. You know, there's going to be occasions where we're going to have guests on that people don't agree with, or I'm going to say things that people don't agree with 
Um, that's just how it is, you know. And, and the thing is, you can have your say. You can send your listener feedback. You can send me emails through the website kickbackpodcast.com or you can go onto our Facebook group and send me abusive private messages there if it floats your boat. Um, but no, thank you guys as always. Um, don't forget, you can still pick up your official merchandise at uh, kickbackpodcast.com. We've got our official supply of t-shirts in now that I myself personally will post to your house well, not personally, but you know what I mean. I will personally take it as far as the post office and post it to your house or preferred PO box number or wherever. Um, so get in touch, get ordering, and um, I'll get those T-shirts sent out to you. They really do help support the podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our show supporters. So mitmaster.com, of course, you spoke to or heard from Matt earlier on. And also our new friends at martialytics.com. Please do go check them out fantastic service if you know i was speaking to an instructor the day just starting out wasn't sure how to go and i said look dude you want to get martialytics hook it up to your go carless account and you're off you're set to go and it's a system that i've been using for a number of years now and i highly highly recommend that if you're looking for a, a, an all-in-one solution for running your school go check out martialytics it's fantastic all right guys i wasn't planning on that being quite so in-depth but there we go <laughs> i will catch you all next week thanks for your support as always Don't forget, go check out the previous episodes and share, share, share. That really does help for us. Share the Facebook group, share the Facebook posts, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Enjoy our podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today.